Hello and welcome to ACM's Vault of Cult, the podcast where I discuss a cult film that I grew up with, loving a film that maybe didn't do so well or didn't get such good reviews, but I remember fondly. I showed a film to someone who has not seen the film before, not grown up with it, to see whether it is actually a good film or it's just nostalgia clouding my eyes. Uh, thanks for everyone who listened to the last show. We've done Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Um, Probably the most out there film we've done so far, certainly the most violent. I'm sticking with the comedy horror for this. I'm doing a classic monster movie released in 1990 that spawned six sequels so far, a TV series, and um, there was even a pilot episode for another TV series that didn't quite make it. Starring Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward, I am, of course, talking about the classic Tremors, a film that... Um, I watched on TV many times, but not many people saw in theaters. And um, yeah, I rewatched it recently, as did a friend. He hadn't seen it before. This is a conversation we had about that movie. Okay, so we've both seen Tremors. I'm rewatching it for the gazillionth time. And my guest today has seen it for the first time. Would you like to introduce yourself? You're back. Right, hello, I'm Andrew. Uh, back by not popular demand, but or, or any demand, in fact, but uh, necessity. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we will plug plug your musical duo as well. Oh yes, uh, I, I am. Uh, in terms of physical mass, two thirds of the uh, the uh, Ipswich-based terrible duo, the Puka G Players. <laughs> Giving yourself the best review you've ever had there. <laughs> And um, we're, we're going to talk talk movie. You, you join. I think there's only one of these podcasts in this series, the first series you haven't been on. Yeah. Um, which was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. What was the last episode? Did you listen? I, I haven't yet. I'm afraid. I, what, I I'm a jealous man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, you'd never seen Tremors before. Is there a reason for not seeing it? No. no just um, ignorance, I suspect. I think I slightly lumped it in with. The, a lot of the films that perhaps spawned, you know, the, these sort of slightly straight to the sci-fi channel, oh yeah, terrible films. Ten-headed ten shark. Yeah, I kind of just assumed it was one of them, but yeah. uh, it's not. No, it's it's certainly not. I'm 30 years old this year. Um, it spawned six sequels, one of which comes out in October. Hey. And um, there's, a, I will mention um, before we get going, there's a coming out soon a big sort of special edition Blu-ray limited edition malt big old box thing which means i'll probably have to rebuy it <laughs> um but going into it you thought that you hadn't read any reviews or seen any clips no i'd heard someone say it was good and that kevin bacon was in it yeah and that's about all i knew really i think this might have been my first introduction to kevin bacon as a kid yeah. i think i definitely saw it before footloose um, possibly not before Animal House, but he wasn't in that much of Animal House, was he? No, because I was reading about this. Oh, yeah, he's in Animal House, huh? Is he? Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen that. I don't yeah. really remember him being he, No, he's just one of the students. and no. He was also in the first Friday the 13th as well. Right. He's got a memorable death where he's stabbed through the back of the neck. Um, and he's, he's sort of done a fair bit of horror over the years, sort of horror, Hollow Man. And um, he's released a, a new one recently, which I totally forget the name of, but I watched the other night. Um, you should you should have left or something like that. It's called. Um, That's fairly standard kind of horror name. Yeah, man. it's um, based on a novel, and it's him and Amanda Seyfried, and it's not oh. not that bad. It's all right. It's, it's not, but not. I don't see it as going to be the cult classic that this one has become. No. Um, 
the fact that it spawned all those sequels, there's been a TV series, and Kevin Bacon himself was even involved in a pilot episode for another TV series, um, which was filmed two years ago. But for some reason, that was never the series was never green um, <laughs> green lit. You'd have thought it's sort of his star power. I mean, he only does the E adverts these days, doesn't he? But uh... <laughs> yeah, and and um, films with Amanda Seyfried, which would have got to the cinema if it wasn't for COVID, I believe. Curse you! Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I think he does the adverts for the the money, and I yeah. think his career is still doing okay. Yeah, yeah um, I'm being slightly facetious. But he, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of those uh, with, with this film. I, mean, I think his name attached to it really helped it. Yeah. Um, but um, before the film was made, he wasn't looking forward to it at all. He, I don't think he really wanted to do it. I think he'd had a few hits with um, Footloose. She's having a baby. The John Hughes one, I think, done quite well. Oh, was that, that before? That was before. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he says that um, he broke down on the sidewalk, screaming to his pregnant wife, I can't believe I'm doing a movie about underground worms. That was an exact quote from him. So he was obviously yeah. a bit... Uh, but then afterwards, he said that it's the single most fun that I've ever had making a movie my entire career. So, so maybe he just... We threw... said he's a big old phony, is that what we're saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, it might be a matter of once he got on set, he just enjoyed it. Yeah, and hopefully. I think people who are in these, these kind of films... Um, especially the, the ones you mentioned for the, the sci-fi ones, you can kind of tell if the actors enjoying them, and a lot of them do quite a few of them who don't necessarily need to. Yeah. So I, I think you know they, they must be fun to make. It's, I mean, a film like this, which is, um, well, we'll start by before we talk about the plot. We'll talk about the special effects because it's all pretty much practical, isn't it? And it's brilliant. <laughs> I love it all. Did Did you think it looked good when you I, see the? I thought it looked looked great. Yeah, no, it's aged really well. Not, I said I didn't think it's the practical effects that sort of set us apart because if you'd imagine what whatever kind of CGI attempts they might have managed in what 1990 yeah I mean it was it um, would have been awful yeah <laughs> I mean it was released in 1989 it was made in 1989 it was a bit of a delay um, but it doesn't to me it doesn't particularly feel an 80s or 90s movie no no not at all um, um, but I think that, um, you kind of I suppose the retro appeal now is the practical special effects um, a lot of it's actually puppets and then yeah. um, it starts the way that the film builds. You sort of like, like a traditional horror. Uh, you you sort of see parts of the monster before the big reveal, and at first they, you see the tentacles, which come from its mouth. So they think it's just snakes, and uh, I think a lot of that's done by puppetry. Yeah, and there's um, sort of that combination of um, miniatures and then full size sort of live action kind of stuff as well. Because yeah. that that really good shot, isn't there? Where I was reading about that thinking, oh, that looked good, and looked it up. The bit where uh, What's-His-Face uh, drops the gun, and there's that. it looks like one single shot going, oh, yeah. and it goes from sort of the full-size stuff into the miniatures, and you don't really notice. Yeah. And yeah. It, I, it's really, really well done. I mean, that's, that's a combination of great practical special effects, and um, the way it's filmed yeah. is fantastic. And some of the shots are almost... You, you see about the, the, the premise is the, these giant worms under the ground attacking people and they, they they sense movement and um so there's a few shots where the camera goes above the ground and moves along where the monsters would be almost like sort of shot like evil dead yeah you see that that sort of camera work and i, I think it's a great premise i mean it, it's a the, the plot is fairly basic yeah isn't it it's um two guys trying to leave town as they're leaving they they find a guy up a, a electricity pole <laughs> and um he's dead and they they, they can't really work out why and um it turns out that he's hiding from one of these monsters and who can't sense him up there and he starves 
and then um, various things happen and um, more people die. They end up being stuck in the town. And um, it's basically, that's hide from the monsters, then that's kill the monsters. Yeah. Um, but 90, just over 90 minutes, I don't think it gets boring at all. No, not at all. Quite tense in parts. And um, most importantly, it's quite a funny film. Yeah, yeah. It's, would you class it as a comedy horror? It's Probably. I mean, it's not going, it's sort of the, the horror's played straight, really, isn't it? Yeah. Just the characters are sort of funny and endearing. Yeah, and um, there's... Um, a couple who are obsessed with guns, <laughs> and, um, and um, so there's a lot of humour in that. And the, the, the two uh, main characters, as it Earl and Va- Va- yeah, uh, Valentine and Earl, and uh, uh, no, yeah, um, Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon, are just these sort of bumbling handymen who bicker a lot. And uh, I think that mm. that chemistry really works. So yeah. that, that's one of the things that um, don't dwell too much on the sequels, but some of them are quite enjoy- enjoyable. But it hasn't got the character chemistry that it has in these, and and there's definitely two fine actors who I can see why Kevin Bacon going into this would have been weary. Yeah. Um. But I think it's a lot better film than the premise suggests. Yes. So the fact he's in it, it not only gives it credibility, the 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 film itself actually backs up him being in it. Yeah, it, so it justifies it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, um, and Fred Ward, who's a great actor, who usually sort of plays the villain, and that's I mean, he's like the uh, evil sort of menacing dad in Joe Dirt and um, lots of comedies like that. Yeah. And he was in the right stuff and loads of things. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, I think uh, eighty nine credits he's had, well, and he's actually in the first of the. Tremor sequels, and uh, his career started in 1973, so he'd been acting 17 years before this. Right. And um, he's a really solid actor. Um, yeah. just, he's just sort of, you know, character actor you describe him as, uh, which I suppose Kevin Bacon's been himself over the years. It's sort of, he's not when you look at Kevin Bacon, he's not really starred starred in that many films. No, he, he hasn't really, is he? Yeah. Um, he's been in films like Diner, and so I mentioned Hollow Man, but. That's not really known as his film. That's more of a just a horror. Um, yeah. um, and the Woodsman was another one which he got critically acclaimed for, which he did star in. Um, but then there's films like well, come out the same year, Flatliners, which is a oh, song of the cast. He's he's a brilliant actor though, but <laughs> yeah. never quite sort of gets the recognition I suspect he deserves. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd totally um, agree. He, um, but he's always likable on fine films. Yeah, I'm just going to find out what that film was called. But, um, because I've got the, the Blu-ray, so I just want to get oh, I right. want to get the facts wrong. Um, you should have left is ah. what it was called. Um, came out this year. I think it was going to get a cinema release, but because of COVID, it didn't. That looks quite uh, spooky. That yeah, it's it's, it's all right. It's hard to describe it. It's a solid three out of five. Oh, that's nice. a quick review I've thrown in for the <laughs> bonus, um, bonus that bonus that, money. That's one. Um, someone was mentioned to me they were reading the book and they said there was a film and the fact that Kevin Bacon was in it and. It, it went straight to DVD Blu-ray, and it was a tenner on Blu-ray. So I thought that's the price nearly of the cinema. So I'll give yeah. it a go. Um, but um, yeah, sorry, going back oh, right, to yeah. go back to we, we mentioned Kevin Bates. You talk about the other cast, Fred Ward, who, who's pretty damn good in it. Um, the female lead, now Finn Carter. Had you seen her in anything else before? I don't think so, but she did look quite familiar. I she, feel like I should have known who she was. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, this is anything I can actually say I, I recognise her in. Um, I think she's had about 39 credits, 38, 39, and um, she stopped working in 2005, 
so it gets weird. I mean, she was in stuff like The Outer Limits, TV shows like that. Oh. Um, last year, she was arrested in Vegas for using someone's credit card without permission. And um, first 14 cases of this. And um, <laughs> so she, that's all sort of in court don't, at the don't moment. Don't need to be acting, though. And, um, so, kind of so there's that. There's that <laughs> and um, she'll have to that in Grand Larceny, is what it says. Oh. Um, and uh, that's, that's all I can really... There's a mugshot picture of her online. There's not much else. So I think that's, that's all that. She got the sun cream on her nose in the, uh, the mugshot. <laughs> that's, that's a good, good, good bit to say. But, um, <laughs> but she was relatively unknown. She'd been in a TV show called um, As the World Turns for three years. And um, just watching a little interview with the, the filmmakers, that she just blew them away in the casting. That, um, that they, she got the role. And um, I've always thought she's pretty good in it and quite surprised she didn't go on to anything else or the sequels yeah um, but it sounds like she could be quite a troubled person yeah so um, who knows and if so it's a shame because um, I think she's great in that role yeah um, uh, other, ca- other cast members uh, Michael Grosh who um, was the, 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 the <laughs> is it Bert yeah the, Bert Gummer yeah Bert, Bert who's in all the, the other films even the fourth one, which is a western, <laughs> former MP for it. Yeah, um, not not based on him. Um, but he's in all the sequels and at least the the actual TV series that got going. There was the one what I think the Sci Fi Channel made it in those first thirteen episodes, and I believe he plays the grandfather of Bert in the fourth part, which is a western. Oh, great! Um, so he's he's sort of really taken his role on himself, and he was the only actor who attended the thirtieth anniversary screenings. Um, oh bless it in, in, uh, he is brilliant he's really good in it and um, the character I say the, the chemistry isn't there between two the you know, leads in the other films but the fact he's there gives it that yeah you know, so Eugene Levy in uh, American Pie yeah kind of funny. yeah but, but less lame um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but he was in American um, so Family Ties which is oh. where Michael J. Fox oh, came oh, yeah. But that's that's a sitcom that I never saw. I've never seen that growing up, and I've not seen it repeated. Yeah, it's ever really made it over here, I right? don't know. You'd, you'd think it would have done. It probably has shown up in reruns and, yeah. and on your Sky Channel 7. Now, his wife um, is played by a country singer. Have you heard yeah. of her? Yeah, um, Reba McIntyre. Yeah. I mean, I'm not that into country music. Don't get me... You know, I don't dislike it. Um, but I've never heard of her. I know her as the woman from Tremors. Yeah. Who um, is sings the theme tune? <laughs> that's she. Uh, it's uh, yeah, the song at the end. That's her. Oh, I did not know that. I did. I looked up the music, and it's um. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, yeah that's an interesting one. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, actually, I, I read a story about the music, and I couldn't find it again. So you might be able to help me on that. Yeah, I might be able to. And um, some light on that. Uh, Melvin, another great character, uh, Robert Jane. Because he, he was in the Wonders, wasn't he? But he uh, wasn't the older brother. He's only in a couple of episodes. Yeah, he, in, in my head, I was like, oh, that's. Uh, Fred Savage's older brother that's it, so it's weird not, is it? no it's not it's weird you say that because watching the film moments of it reminded me of him and we recently reviewed The Monster Squad and he's in that isn't he I you thought know? it was the same lad but yeah, then nah, it's, it's, not, it's not but he was in The Wonder Years yeah. um, in a different role but it's, that properly confused me I spent about 20 minutes trying to get Work that one out on the internet. Yeah. Who's, he, where's he been? He's another actor who's um, done a lot of TV work and he was in one of the sequels as well I've got to re-watch the sequels because he was in not only two episodes of the TV series of Tremors, which I haven't seen, um, he was in the the third film as well. And the third film also featured um, the actress who played the little girl. Do you know much about her? She was in Jurassic Park, wasn't she? Yeah. As the little girl in Jurassic Park. (laughs) Um, 
Irene Richardson, she she used to give up acting as well, I think. She oh, yeah. was in um, Jurassic Park 1 and 2, Tremors 3, and a few other sort of TV things. I get the feeling she's going to come back for one of the, the newer Jurassic Parks. Oh, right. I think I read that well, somewhere. I mean, they've dug up just about everyone else, haven't they? Yeah. She's so. got to be the only one left at this point. But, but she, she stopped acting really young, and often that happens with child actors. Yeah. Sometimes not a bad thing because you know, the way it can go for some. Yeah. Um, but I, I think they they all do a great job. Um, the, the younger cast, yeah, especially. Um, and uh, just to quickly mention Victor Wong, who. Um, <laughs> From Big Trouble, Little China, Golden Child, um, great, sort of fantastic. He plays the, the sort of a comedy comedy role in a few things. And I forgot to look it up. There, um, there was an, another character who played. Was it um, Marcel? No, oh, well, Miguel. 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 Uh, so. um, Tony Gennaro. Yeah, he looks familiar as well. But yeah, I, I couldn't place him. Yeah, I did. I meant I to look it up. He shows up in everything a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I was really enjoying watching the film. Yeah. I quickly watched, there's a little, little making of on the DVD. So I've done less research than I normally do. But it's, it's one of those, it's a very enjoyable film. And I'd count it as a cult film, but it, it didn't get that negative reviews. So there's not as many sort of funny yeah. stories about it as with a lot of the films. But um, we'll just quickly talk about the director as well. It's his first film. Um, Ron Underwood, done a bit of TV. And him and the writers were made the educational films. Mm. And the writers, S.S. Wilson and um, Brent Maddock. They uh, did um, uh, Short Circuit. They've done Short mean, Circuit, well, yeah. Battery's not included. Battery's yeah. not included with the two hits, which yeah. is how they got to make the, this film. Uh, co-wrote the, some of the cartoon MASH. Um, not MASH, so Mask. Oh, right, yeah. of, And um, in between... Um, no, just before this, I believe, they've done Ghost Dad with Bill Cosby, which... It's not very oh, good, God, but um, I think that that was quite, quite a big hit. Then it all sort of went wrong for them. Um, they they done Wild Wild West basically. Um, Did they, they? They they wrote that because I watching it. There were elements where I thought this reminds me a bit of uh, Barry Sonnenfeld. Yeah, who did Adam's Family, Men in Black, Wild Wild West. There were yeah. moments where I, I sort of was watching it thinking, oh, I wish maybe they'd lean slightly more into that kind of that black comedy. Barry Sonnenfeld, slightly yeah. Joe Dante kind of thing. Yeah. Because it's, it's great as it is, but there are moments where I thought, oh, if they'd been a bit more dark yeah. and surreal, yeah, this film might a, have been... That might have been oh. why they chose him for, for Wild Wild West. Yeah. I definitely see the Joe Dante um, thing, because he... Joe Dante done Gremlins, of course, and yeah. he's really influenced by B-movies. Um, and I'd see this as a, a kind of a homage to... Oh, yeah, movies, But it's definitely his own thing as well. Yeah, it it's doesn't not get a caught up in spoof yeah. or parody or... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a for the time a modern B movie. You know, yeah. it's sort of forty years after the the big surge of them. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what I like about it that it um, it is funny, but it's not stupid or a spoof. Yeah. Um, but going back to the director, he he done um, City Slickers straight after, which was a big hit. Oh. Uh, I love that film, Billy Crystal. <laughs> and then he done. Um, Speechless, Mighty Joe Young, and then the oh, last. Joe Young. Yeah. I loved that film as a kid. I've I, never seen it. It's, I remember thinking that was brilliant. Yeah. Maybe it isn't, but I remember loving it. We well, should do a reverse um, one of these shows where I watch it because I've yeah. never seen it. We could cool. do. We could do yeah. that. Uh, maybe for season two because I'm kind of doing one of them at the end of the season, as I think you know. Yeah. And then um, that would that would be nice because I haven't seen it. And it must be easy to get hold of. It's a bit a long time since I've seen it, yeah. but I remember thinking it was great. Yeah. Well, he'd he done that, and then um, <laughs> he'd done The Adventures of Pluto Nash, which 
um, the Eddie Murphy mega bomb, which oh, simply wasn't very good. Yeah. A mate of mine bought me that DVD to tell me it is good and I would enjoy it. I appreciate him doing that, but but you have now taken out a restraining order against him. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't very good. Um, in my humble opinion, and this these podcasts have proved that I like some right shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, go back to the B movie thing. I mean, I think what's great about it is it's got that sort of you know it's about being isolated hmm. the whole um premise of when they're on the rocks they're safe they're be, being sensed um vibrations and sound is kind of scary and, and that's you you can feel for the uh the um protagonists and it's kind of a bit like a quiet place which was a big hit more yeah. recently um it's been um compared to Dune as well, the underground worms yeah. and um, and they're getting on the rock safety. I haven't seen Dune for years, but there's a spe- their um not special edition, kind of a remake coming out or re re thing because it's based yeah. on a novel. Um, but the special effects in this, I thought, were, were better than in Dune. Um, oh, but then yeah, Dune was yeah. a fair few years <clears throat> before it. Um, and was a bit rubbish. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's cool, but a bit. Yeah, it's it, it's one of those films I think people like because they want to. Yeah, um, I, do, I do like David Lynch, but it's not one of his most. I don't memorable. think he likes it much. Does nah, he? he? Well, he was offered um, Empire Strike, Strikes Back. Before, Turn of the Jedi, wouldn't it? I don't know. I thought it was Empire, well, but I might, be. I might, I might be I wrong. Know. But one of them, and yeah, turned yeah. it down and done, done that. But Ed Offerman Man was good, so we'll forgive him. Yeah. Uh, but the That's whole right, isn't he? Well, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I think yeah. he can cope with whatever criticism we might uh, yeah, send his way. Because he's a top bloke, can he? But he listen to listen, drowned in his tears. Um, oh. Drowned in his still cool haircut. Yeah, how cool is How has he got away with that? He must be old as. <laughs> I his think hair he, is brilliant. I think he's an underrated actor as well. Do you remember him when he was actually in Twin Peaks? Oh, yeah. He was brilliant. Um, he'd have been good in this. Um, but we'll return to it. <laughs> <All right, yes, laughs> <sorry, yes. laughs> but um, what, one thing that does make it different from other horror films, because um, it, it could be like alien with monster and all that, but it's not dark. It's all set, or mostly set during the day. That's an kind interesting of s- kind of sort of bright yeah. sand, and they, they, they were going for the feel of they didn't want it all slimy. They wanted it sort of dry, and um, but then so after some of the um, the dailies, it didn't look great. So they they you it's sort of slimy in the mouth of the monster, yeah. um, and there's a bit where it crashes through, and you the first sort of proper reveal. Oh yeah, yeah. and you see all the gunk come out of his mouth, and apparently the first gross, yeah, it. yeah, first test screen, and that went down pretty well, and it was going to be an R-rated film. Um, but they cut it down, not violence, um, but swearing. Oh. I don't know if you noticed, they, they, they say Mother Humper. Oh, yeah, and Can You Fly, Sucker? Yeah, and that's, <laughs> when I first saw this film, I thought that was edited for TV. Oh, wait, well, yeah. But, but no, it was. Um, the, there, there's a couple of Fs in it. There's one where he, he really shouts it. But I think they, in America, it would have been PG 13 when it came out. So uh, R is a 15? R is 17 in America. They, oh, okay. They have um, PG, PG 13, so basically PG and 12. And then R, which is, yeah, 17. Oh, OK. Um, which I think is quite a good rating system. But you can see, a, um, well, I don't know if it's still the same, but when I studied film, ooh, when I studied film. Ooh. Ooh, um, I like Wes Anderson. <laughs> when I've done my B-Tech in media, which there was a film being, um, you know, we looked up certificates and you, you could go and see it with an adult, um, whatever age you wanted. Oh, and then there was another cool. one which is NR I think where you couldn't 
and very very f- that for like your, yeah. your serious filth yeah very few films <laughs> I mean you you could have been 12 and gone with your dad and watched Pulp Fiction in the 90s if my dad had taken me to watch Pulp Fiction he'd have fallen asleep <laughs> <laughs> my, my dad still refuses to watch it my, my dad's only seen uh, three films I think Two of them are Laurel and Hardy ones, and the others Apollo Thirteen. <laughs> oh, that's two out of three in bad. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> one of those Laurel and Hardy films is terrible. Um, <laughs> but um, Utopia. Yeah, but this is uh, <laughs> saying that um, this is a, a film that I did watch *Nice Jungle* with my parents, and they enjoyed it as well. Um, I think because it, it's got that almost timeless horror feel without. Okay, there's sort of jumpy moments and a few deaths. I think there's ten deaths in total. But they're all but the, quite. But, Funny, aren't yeah, they? I don't know why they're two, two are off screen as well because you see like oh the, the hat yeah the hat um, and then you've got the sort of um, where um, is it, uh, Victor Wong's character is sort of in the mouth of the monster oh of course um, yeah. which is almost reminded me a bit of sort of Jaws that bit I know, the whole film's quite like Jaws. yeah well it was originally going to be called Land Sharks oh. and then because of the Saturday Night Live character Land Shark I don't know if you ever saw oh. <laughs> they changed it which um, if you don't know you're not aware of that listeners that was um, before Jaws 2 came out they done a, a Jaws 2 and it's just Jaws like knocking on people's doors <laughs> you know Candy Graham <laughs> you're that shark aren't you uh, no um, well, I'd, I'd read a thing about that actually um, with regards to the Jaws thing yeah. Um, that in Sweden they called this film uh, Worm Summer ah, okay. uh, because Jaws had been called Shark Summer and they just thought oh, we'll market it in the same way as that and call it that that's a, that's a good idea yeah. um, but the one thing it hasn't got to the same standard as um, Jaws is the music which we were going to yeah. talk about now I've made some notes on that but I made some on the wrong page I don't really know what I'm doing uh, <laughs> don't tell them that uh, right, what have you got about the music? Because was, was there not... This is what I couldn't find. Didn't someone do most of the music, then they changed it? Yeah, so originally it was uh, a chap called Ernest Troost who yeah. uh, who did it. And, you know, when it's all the, sort of the fun kind of slightly like Zydeco kind of yeah. country harmonica-y fun stuff. Yeah. And, and some of the sort of weird eerie noise kind of stuff, that's all him. Yeah. I really like most of that. I, I think it works with the film it's sort of slightly odd and slightly out of place but it works with the strange dynamic that the film has Yeah. and then I think they got cold feet with that score quite late in the game we're like oh no we need something that's a bit more conventional kind of oh you know yeah. um, not John Williams because they couldn't afford John Williams but a bit more kind of but do you know who they got in because it was this... Robert Folk I think do you know what else he'd done Cause... no because um, the, the original guy is the only one credited yeah, and I read this somewhere and when I read it I think I was just looking on my phone while probably at work and I didn't make a note of it and I was like I just couldn't find it again um, so yeah this happened with um, when we were talking about Super Mario Brothers the same thing happened with the score with that didn't it oh yeah um, but the, the original guy's got 88 credits but that's ma- he's mainly he's done the film Dead Heat a few years before this but he's mainly sort of TV stuff light hearted things and cartoons he was doing which kind so, of shows? Yeah, I think they probably changed it so it didn't have a, it didn't feel just comedy. Yeah, but the thing is, he made some quite spooky noises. You know that that bit with um, that the older couple who get done in in the dark. Yeah, I think that, all that music is him. I think. Yeah, it's just, did it not sort of change more towards the end? Yeah, and then it gets more sort of conventional kind of orchestral yeah. strings, kind of slightly synthy. Yeah, but it's still good, but it's not particularly memorable. 
Um, but to, I, I was reading apparently him do it when he was doing that. Um, he thought he had quite a while to get a new score going, and then it turned out that he only had a week to do it. So considering that, okay. he did a great job. Yeah, because I mean, it, it, I suppose that's, that was rushed. But I suppose it, they had to finish the film, then it was shelved for about a year. Yeah. Um, which might have actually helped for Kevin Bacon and and the film in general because I think it would have come out before Flatliners if they hadn't shelved it. And that was quite, I think, yeah. quite a big hit. I'm assuming it was a big hit because there was been a remake and they tend to only remake. Oh, yeah, there was a remake. Was that any good? It was bollocks. Oh, it was, that's, yeah, that's I, good. I, I wasn't a fan. Sometimes I like it when they do remakes and they're terrible. Yeah, it's, it's kind of annoying when they're good, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so that, that might have helped. And um, another thing, with the, they've done a fair few test screenings, I think, and the way it ended... Um, he didn't get the, the Kevin Bacon didn't get with the girl, and the t- test screeners didn't like that. And at the end, they have a little kiss, didn't they? Yeah. And um, I think that's very Hollywood, not necessarily needed. I'm, yeah, I'm quite down for that not happening because they've not got a future together, have they? But they might. They might have done they because they're the two who aren't in the others. They don't have a future. Yeah. Look at them. Yeah. <laughs> that's nah. Get that. Get that off your nose. He'd say, no, he'd say yeah, to her. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, uh, I think that that's just to, to please audiences. There could have been a lot more they'd done to change it. And it was only the last scene. Yeah, it's not a matter. You know, I'm it's not saying, like, oh, why did they do? They've ruined yeah. the film. But also at the beginning of the film, Fred Ward's character seemed to quite like her because when they first talk, yeah. and then he just totally goes off her and is like, ah, oh, you go for it, youngster. <laughs> um, so th- that's a bit strange. Uh, there's a nice little reference as well towards the end where they, they say they can get in People magazine. And then in the second one, the only reference you've got is an article of Kevin Bacon in People magazine, <laughs> oh, um, nice. which was nice. And I, I had sort of had a mixed memory of when I watched uh, Team Wolf 2. I thought it was you saw an article about Michael J. Fox, um, but it wasn't. It was from this. My brain got... It was the Family Ties connection that done it, I think. You've, you've created a, an ACM's Vault of Cult cinematic universe in your head. Yeah, or just Manda- Mandela Effect. Yeah. Um, wouldn't that be great if all the films we've done linked up? How oh, the Dark my. and Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. They're, um, they're all crap. They're not all crap. <laughs> uh, so far, though, no, uh, yeah, I, you, you've I've, been... I've been very enthusiastic. Yeah, I've but been. I, I'll take any opportunity I can to be rude. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which reminds me, put your trousers back on. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, another interesting-ish fact, there's only um, two exterior scenes in the whole film. Everything else is outside. Two interior scenes. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. The rest is exterior. Yeah, oh, that's not not posterior. So what? What? So there's in the in the shop. In the shop and in Bert's. Oh, of course, uh, when it all gets smashed in. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you count inside um, cars, because there's a few, you know. But that's not really doesn't really count, does it? That's. But it, despite that, quite claustrophobic as a film, isn't it? Yeah. For such vast open spaces. Well, I think it's uh, that kind of almost works for the film because Definitely. they're underground so there's the opportunity of being able to run away if you're inside you're just dead aren't you yeah um so that that that's different and I, I can't think of another film like that no um it, it is very good this film isn't it it is one of those you know this is you know, why wasn't it a bigger hit um this is what I'll get onto the question a bit earlier and then normally do, do, you, do you definitely think it should have been a big hit oh yeah yeah i i you watch it and think this is you know it's it's very similar to sort of jaws ghostbusters jurassic park that sort of 
perfect execution of what it wanted to be. Yeah. And it, it particularly for such a small budget. Yeah. It looks fantastic. It really does. I mean, the, the creatures look great. It, the the just the way it's shot looks good, and you yeah. can see why after this he went on to do City Slickers. Yes. Because of the you know the landscapes are great, and it's, it's what it makes it stand out. And maybe this sort of throws people. Maybe traditional horror fans. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I feel, I feel because it's got that different feel. The comedy works. Um, but also, if it had been, a, I mean, it, it cost eleven million. And it made sixteen, so it didn't flop majorly. I think that you know, it could have made a lot more for you know. Yeah. If a film's got a low budget but is aimed at a bigger audience, it's still considered. A, you know, talking of remakes earlier, I mean, like, it probably made less money than the Ghostbusters remake, but then the Ghostbusters remake had more spent on it. Yeah. You know, so you've got a. <clears throat> um, but it made more than three times its box office gross on video rentals and sales, which is where the film made money. And I feel that's why they felt the need to do the straight-to-video sequels. If it had made more money at the cinema, then possibly they'd have got Kevin Bacon back earlier. Um, I don't know whether he um, has warmed to the film and didn't like it so much at first. it, It took... 18 years for him to come back for a TV sort of follow up yeah, or maybe the budgets were they, they simply thought we can play on the creatures um, in, in a smaller way than say when they done a second Predator they got they didn't get Arnie you know and yeah. um, then I think Arnie might have refused to do that but, but you see, see what I'm saying two with Arnie would have been weird though true true um, so I feel that's because we're used to the other one yeah, but, maybe. but um, sometimes I think when they're looking at this, they want to make a. They, they think, okay, well, this film made X amount on video, so let's make one straight to video for a lower budget than yeah. what we already had, and then we could possibly get more profit. And for the first sequel, they got Fred Ward back, which is is quite good. But I, I do remember in the first one, because Fred Ward's there, you miss Kevin Bacon even more because yeah. you're used to the two of them it's, together. They, and they are a really good double act. Yeah, and. Um, You've got um, Michael Gross still, which is good, and then it sort of takes over as he becomes the lead, and then it becomes it almost the, the series of films almost turns into a TV series spin-off itself. Yeah, um, and they, they go more CGI, and they do, but they they've still got the, that humour. They're by no means as good as this, but I, I don't dislike them at all. I'll pre-order the new one coming there. Brilliant. Um, so I, I can see why it went that route. Whereas a, a film like say. The Lost Boys, when you got the straight-to-video sequels years later, that just felt a bit lame. They got a few of the cast back, but not the the leads. Um, And because that was a huge hit, they should have followed it up straight away. Um, But I think with that, the people behind it wanted to do something different. But they see there's money there. Um, And Tremors 2 wasn't too long after the first one. Um, So it, it was kind of a... I think it was about three years. I'm not 100. Um, percent I'll have a quick, but no, I won't. I ain't going to have a quick, but just people can look it up themselves. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, the second one came out, and it never felt quite what it should have been. But then they persevered. Yeah. And uh, the two guys who who wrote the the films with the director, um, one of them directed the second and fourth, and the other directed the third. Oh. And it's after that the the two five and six sort of become more their own and more modern sort of take on it. Yeah. But 
it, it kind of apart from um, Bert it follows the story of the creatures not the two leads from the first one but do they do they sort of remove some of the mystery about it uh, there's other creatures appear in some of the sequels so there's sort of the, the, the build to them and you you've, you've find out more about them where they're from and what more oh, they I hear. don't know if I'm, I like not knowing yeah but that's but you can't do you, uh, yeah no I yeah, appreciate yeah, it but to, the, the question is well, why, why have you made a sequel to this film <laughs> money that's well, it, yeah. money yeah. it's, it's kind of you could say that about the you know what they've done with Alien um, yeah. you know it's all the build up and the, the tenseness and then with the second one I think it's a good choice to just make it an out and out action film with the creature in yeah, it was all they really could do. Yeah, it? and I always thought what would have been nice for Tremors too would have been a massive budget Tremors going to New York or something. Yeah, that would have been insane. But think how much that would have cost to make, especially back then. Yeah. So, um, but oh, that would have been cool. Yeah. So Maybe they'll still do that one day. Who knows? I, I, the way it's going, I, I see a few more straight to video sequels, um, or a reboot completely, and then who knows. Um, but it's yeah. what, what's nice though you mentioned isolation earlier is it's set in a town but I don't know if you noticed the population is only 14 in the town <laughs> uh, um, so that that's it's almost like you know two three households and that that's obviously a budget thing um, so firstly so you can get the landscape and they can escape and do all this um, but um, so there's not too much going on and you, you can focus on the it's scarier isn't it I mean yes a, a, a film where there's a, a, a teenager being stalked is for some reason a lot scarier than a big monster trampling on a city mm, yeah, yeah which is it's, it's, tone cause you, yeah and you can relate to it more you know if I if, if I saw Godzilla out that window now I'd probably just die pass out scared um, and that was what that, that's not for a viewer entertaining I've never thought but have you not thought that with Godzilla films yeah, like, they'd I'd, be more scared than they are surely that's the thing isn't it like, I watch these I mean even in this you sort of watch and think if I was in that situation I would just do yeah. myself in I, the, I couldn't cope with it one of my favourite <laughs> lines not just from this but from any film ever is where um, uh, but, um, so Fred Ward's character says have you ever seen anything like that before and Kevin Bacon goes yeah we all know about him we just didn't tell you <laughs> which, which is, is something in mind, that's one of, that's just a really funny line yeah and there's quite a serious bit when um, Fred Ward's talking to um, Finn Carter's character and they're sort of t talking about the, the the monster when you see his face and just Kevin Bacon disappears and you just hear him from the background I found the ass end and he's lifting the ass up <laughs> um, and it's and the, the bit as well where there's some about the comedy where the um uh, what's his name I always forget the name Victor Wong's character buys the, the snake off them when they think it's a snake oh, yeah. uh, for $15 after haggling for ages then he's charging people in the um, to, uh, to have a picture with it for $3 which when you think about it there's only 14 people in that town so he couldn't make that much money no. it. Um, but the little jokes like that possibly wouldn't happen if it was real um, I don't think you talk like that it's, it's kind of too relaxed but that, yeah. that's what gives it the comedy feel it's all in it's all in commas, isn't it? The, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. It's a bit Brechtian. Yeah. I, I'm I'm channel, channeling my Owen now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Listeners to previous podcasts yeah. will expect something a bit boring and pretentious from the Bearded Wonder. So yeah. that was my contribution on his. Yeah, behalf. Owen should be here now, but he watched the wrong film. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he'll come to one, one of the others. Um, and Lewis, who done another, he he sort of half watched it, didn't he? Yeah, his his heart wasn't in it yesterday. I don't oh, think. That's a shame. <laughs> but this is a film that. 
Well, yeah, I watch a lot of horrors, a lot of B movies, and certain ones I'll really enjoy, but wouldn't recommend it to to everybody. Yeah. Whereas this, I think I would. This is a just a proper, really good film, isn't it? Yeah. It's flawless in execution. So would you? Would you? Any sort of audience you wouldn't want to. I mean, also it's one I think, apart from the odd swear, it's not too bad for kids to watch. Yeah. It's a fifteen, but it's probably a twelve now. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's one of those. So once, once you're sort of eight or nine, I think you probably cope with this quite nicely. Yeah. Yeah, and, then, and when you're that age, you know, a, a puppet can scare you, or something in Casper possibly, and then you can watch a Freddy Krueger film. So yeah. I, I, when it comes to horror, I think it's generally down to the individual kid, unless you know there's sort of sexual violence in it or too much swearing that sort of thing. I mean that's why I think you know I think I mentioned in the last podcast, uh, which you're still to listen to, I um, that I was shown Halloween when I was really young. Oh yeah, and that's you know there's a little bit of nudity in it, um, and oh, yeah. it's not that graphic with the killings. They're at a rock and roll high school, isn't it? PJ Stoles, yeah. who was in Strikes with Bill Murray. Oh, of course she was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, I went down the slightly rubbish Ramones film instead of uh, maybe the best film I've made. <laughs> um, I quite like Rock and Roll High School. I hadn't seen yeah, that but film. it's no stripes, is it? No. Um, that's um, co-directed but uncredited by Joe Dante. What, Rock and Roll High School? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's got they... that bloke out of Death Race 2000 in it, hasn't it? Playing basically the same character. Kind of news reporter, man. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, oh, it's got... Joey Ramone in it as well, and 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 some of the other Ramones, the ones who were in the Ramones at that time. Who was the drummer at that point? I don't know. No one, no one was. Ringo Starr. <laughs> Ringo Ramone. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a that's a film worth watching. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I've derailed. Yes, yeah, so go back, go go back to. Did we say the budget? Yeah, it did eleven eleven um, million, and it made sixteen. So that's that's not bad at all, but yeah. still considered quite a flop, and. Um, it's one of those. It's, uh, I think it, I'm not going to say it's influential because it's taken from other films. Mm. But maybe like like you sort of said, it's the tone of the film that makes it different. And um, possibly it could have influenced a lot of things like like Sharknado and that sort of thing. Um, Eight legged freaks. But, but yeah, <laughs> but not in the way that the films are made because they've been making them for years. But the fact that they can do it well. Yeah. So if anything, it, it could up the game of B movies. It's you know, perhaps it's slightly silly to draw a Star Wars comparison, but you know, Star Wars kind of was doing the same thing in, in terms saying. of kind of refining and kind of drawing all these kinds of influences in, yeah. ripping them off just enough to make it its own same thing, thing. And yeah. sort of elevating the art form, arguably. Yeah. To sound like Owen again. But <laughs> <laughs> well, um, and, and around that time, I mean, the only sort of things I can really compare it to are, are, are like Critters and Gremlins, that sort of. But they're more sort of little creatures opposed to a big monster. Yeah. Um, but what I do like is the almost what comes from the low budget films that you don't see a lot of the. It's great that you don't see it. It's underground. So that. Yeah. I mean, has that. I can't think of anything that time that's ever been done before with a. Apart from yeah, Dune, which is only part of the film. Yeah. Yeah, where they're being attacked from under. Which and, and it's still hard to know how much of that was, let's say, miniatures or sort of full size kind of yeah, I think digging it, things up. And it's, I mean, just really well made. Wow. Yeah. yeah it, it, and then and when you when you see the the monsters as well, 
it doesn't look it moves great it doesn't look like you know sometimes you'll see a like when we done how the duck at the end when you see the big monster yeah. it looks all right but it doesn't look real Does no that, that was kind of that was that sort of stop frame yeah rather than puppetry i wonder yeah because there's only sort of there's one shot in this that looks a bit weird like that where they've clearly kind of green screened a bit of a i think it's a bit where bert's shooting it yeah there's just one shot and you think oh yeah. Every, everything else looks real in there, and that's just that what the one bit where you can see the joins. You think? Oh. Yeah, that might be one that if you watch it on the like restored version, maybe might look a lot better. Yeah. Um, Bert's character was they, they said you know be Chuck Norris. That was a, a oh. thing for for that. And around that era, Chuck would have been pretty big, wouldn't he? In nineteen ninety still. Yeah. And Chuck Norris, legend. I like that. Yeah. I, unfortunately, not I don't. Lee, though, is he? No, he's, <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, there's no sort of. I can't really do a Chuck Norris film for this podcast because I'm not. I like him, but let's face it, he hasn't made any, well, many really good films. No, he's a, it's any just, good films he's in, he's kind of been the supporting guy, really. Yeah, but he makes fun films. Yes. But this is about films that um kind of passionate about. And with, with Tremors, it was one of those that everyone as a kid seemed to watch. I actually had it on the same. You, you might be too young, but did you ever just video films off the telly? Yeah, yeah. yeah I had a, a four hour video and it was Tremors and Howard the Duck on the same oh, tape. Great. And that's what we'll have to do in Howard the Duck. I want to do Critters. Um, uh, that was a straight to video one, actually, originally in this country, Critters. Oh, was it? Um, but I thought, well, Critters or Gre- oh, um, not Gremlins, but Tremors is that era. Mm. And then I just got thinking about Tremors and I did watch it over and over. Um, and it, I remember being in, it was high school and we'd all, it was that film, oh, did you watch that when you were younger? So even then. Yeah, I mean it was made in nineteen, well released in nineteen ninety. I'd have probably watched it late primary school. It'd be on TV a few years after. Yeah, um, it's still repeated a lot now, um, and it is still no, talked of about it on the horror channel. Yeah, the horror channel's brilliant. Um, <laughs> but a friend of mine um, recently mentioned it, who's she's two or three years younger than me, and couldn't get through it and hated it. Really? And I was just like, really? Yeah, that's, that's my sort of. Oh, it's stupid. I don't like Kevin Bacon anyway. It's like, well, there's two things wrong with this. <laughs> yeah, um, but what I like about Kevin Bacon, he in this film he's so likable, um, and for, he's a bit annoying. But that's what's likable. Yeah. Like, you know how Bill Murray can be annoying. Yes, um, he's got that sort of comedy charm. Mm. And then you can watch him as a villain in something, and he, he you would think it's a different person. Yeah, even though he's got that very distinctive look, he's got Kevin Bacon's face, which I think when you're doing a film like this that if you can get a good actor to be in it it's like when you you look at a film like Halloween and you've got Donald Pleasance and it's it, a certain respect going back to Star Wars that Alec Guinness was in it incredible actors like Peter Cushion yeah. you know so I think with films like this it gives it that sense of oh it isn't just a trashy film if you've got yeah. good actors in legitimacy it. that's the word so um yeah <laughs> Anything else you want to mention? I mean, I, I think this is one that um, we, we're just praising it, but there's not much to pick fault with. I mean, these are films I, I really yeah. like. Um, but I think the people who wouldn't like it are the ones who just don't like monster movies. What, who are these people? Give me their addresses and we'll go and rough them up. Uh, 10 Downing Street. <laughs> um, so, that is a monster movie. Ah, <laughs> Satire yeah. here. Oi, oi. Um, 
So uh, seven point one, it's got an IMDb, which for a monster film is pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I will describe it as a monster film. Yeah. Uh, I think the original poster they didn't have the the monster on it because they I couldn't find this, or maybe it was what it was intended to be. And then now now the poster is you see the the thing underneath the three main characters standing above, don't you? If you if you seen the poster? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which which looks pretty cool. Um, but seven point one on IMDb, which is possibly the highest out of any film we've done for this. Yeah, um, prob- but not by a lot but it, no. it, it is I mean um, what was your rating oh, it's um, got to be a big old 9 I reckon isn't big it? old 9 yeah, yeah that's for, for what it is flawless it, it's, yeah so it, so it is a 10 but you can't give yeah. anything a 10 um, <laughs> so for me it's an 8 or 9 it's, just, it's a strong 4 out of 5 yeah definitely um, or and the, Roger Ebert 3.5 out of 4 <laughs> <laughs> what's that all about um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, the sequels are justified, but it's one of those that none of the sequels has taken anything away from this film. Yeah, it, a, it, to be watched as a standalone. Yeah, it is pretty much perfect, and in a way, because the two main characters in it, or the main character in it, really, um, Kevin Bacon, isn't in many of the sequels or any of the sequels. Fred Ward's in one. Then you've got um, characters like, is it Melvin? He's in one of them. Oh, yeah. And the little girl comes back. So there's little references, but, yeah, it's become this franchise. But to get a franchise out of a film which didn't do very well in the first place is pretty cool. Yeah. So. Is there one thing I would have thought, or that I thought was interesting watching it? Just looking at that, the, the sort of main duo in it, and thinking, it would have been cool to have seen Bill and Ted in a film like this. Yeah. Because it's sort of... If they'd done a Bill and Ted three in the late nineties, I think they'd have had to have gone that route. Yeah, do something a bit something yeah out there. But I I think that would have been fun. But this is another thing that what I think is quite cool about it: the characters for that era. I mean, this was the same year as Bogus Journey, hmm. and you had these sort of dopey teenager films. It'd have been a lot easier for them to put in characters like that. But instead, they've gone for. I mean, Kevin Bacon in it, what would he be, about 30, yeah, his character? Yeah. And then the sort of 45-year-old person he works with. I think that's quite nice and oh, different. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and it does work. And you, Okay, you've got the um, the the female lead who's like the... What, what, what is she? She's a scientist-type um, studying the earthquakes, isn't she? Yeah, um, which seismologist. Is, that's, that's, the, that's it. And um, that, that bit isn't too original, but... Yeah, you you need that the same character who's in um, Super Mario Brothers, isn't it? Kind of. And yeah, to be yeah. fair, those, those yeah. two in Super but, Mario Brothers could have been quite entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you, I think you need that character because you need someone the brains. Yeah. You need that because um, you've got the bungling. Yeah, the the, the, the bungling too, and the fact they there's bits in it where they expect her to know all the answers. And yeah. She's like, "How am I supposed to know?" Yeah. Um, so so yeah, I mean it's it's a very interesting film. But for all the right reasons, yes. apart from the fact that it didn't do so well, um, I think it's a film that probably couldn't be made now to the same extent because no, it would either good. be, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it would. I think now that the, the, like you said, the, the tone, it would either be a silly, almost like monster trucks, PG crazy, yeah, or yeah. an out and out darker, um, almost quiet place type film. Yeah, so, I, d- I do sometimes think that maybe if they'd leaned into this slightly darker, weirder, and say slightly kind of Men in Black esque kind of that slightly sick humour, um, yeah. it might have, it might, I might have enjoyed it more. But as a danger, it might have made it much worse. 
Yeah, so I mean, is, is that necessarily on, advocate on silliness, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, for what it is, like we say, we, I think we, we're struggling to pick. Oh yeah, definitely. Me. Yeah. Um, so, so we should we should probably wrap it up there. Yeah. It. Would you say this is your favourite out of the ones you've you've joined? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Ah, good, good, no, nice to hear. <laughs> um, I'm only going to do a few more episodes of this series, but do come back um, if we can, if not next series. And then yeah. thanks to everyone who's listened. I think this is the seventh episode. Um, Time flies. So um, thank you very much, and do please leave comments um, on the Facebook page where there's a link via the anchor site or it's on spotify you can find us acm <laughs> um very much appreciated um until next time um keep watching those films keep watching trash keep enjoying trash it's not all about the oscars thank god <laughs>